to Cartoons Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Pigglebot on Twitter, and I'm here with uh, one member of, uh, if I'm reading this correctly, it is uh, Twig Op, an operation for twigs. Yes, that, no, that's it. Okay, good. Uh, so you are an environmental activist uh, who, mm-hmm. no, no, it's, 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 it's AJ from, from the Worst of All Possible Worlds. Uh, who Hi. I, I, how do you guys say your acronym? Uh, so I think when Josh was on, you had a similar sort I of. I always wonder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You had a similar sort of conversation about it. I, I, I always pronounce it Tohapoa, uh, but apologetically like that. Like where does the first I, I'm H come deeply from? unsure. Uh, I have no idea. It's like I think it's is from it like John Avery what? Whitaker. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, is it Whit? It's he what? <laughs> yeah, it's John Avery Whitaker's uh, what works its way in there. We're, he works in mysterious ways. Oh, oh yeah, just like just like the big man. Um, <laughs> he might be the big man for all I know. It could be one of those stories. Yes. Um, yes. Those are usually stories about Santa Claus, not about God. But in this case, no. it could be. Um, you know, we're recording about uh, on your podcast soon, too, and it's about uh, Adventures in Odyssey, the show we are alluding to, and yes. um, probably will be out when this episode comes out. And uh, yeah. uh, based on, you know, my my schedule versus yours, you guys are a well-oiled machine. Um, yes. But I uh, I will say I noticed, and I don't know if it'll come up in the in the episode tomorrow, but I noticed that those shows are like the most boring episodes of Murder, She Wrote, which yes. is somehow an insult but also a compliment so here's the thing trevor you're actually listening to some of the most exciting episodes of adventures oh, in Odyssey. Right? yeah i was gonna say they're they're pretty fun yeah yeah they're romps there's actually not a significant amount of jesus in them usually there is a lot more of like sort of the evangelical brainwashing throughout the entire they have episode. to shoehorn it in the one episode the girl just like spontaneously prayed because she felt greedy yeah 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 like, okay. no no trevor she was hungry for money <laughs> I feel like I'm hungry. She describes it as hungry for money. That's just that's just what hunger is. It's a puberty. They should they shouldn't shame this. It's... Yes, absolutely not. No, uh, but yeah, usually usually they're a lot duller than this. There's mm-hmm. one that's just like a staycation where a family's like we can't afford to go on vacation, so they just build they go like, to a staycation. End. It's a lot of water sports. No, uh, not, not the good, in the, not the fun kind. Not the fun kind. Yeah. Just like spraying water at each other for like a full five minutes of just water foley. It's. It's deeply upsetting. It's a it's a weird show. I'm I'm glad to be introduced to it because I didn't grow up evangelical. So I um, nor I. Okay, so you're being introduced to this too. Um, yeah, because I know like Scott and like I, I noticed um, uh, the developer and uh, and friend of the show, uh, developer of um, Adios, Doc Squiddy replied to me huh? tweeting about uh, Adventures in Odyssey, and he was like, "Oh, the Imagination Stations. Why I, why I make video games." Whoa. Well, it's yeah, it feels like entering into an entirely different world. It's like you've Mm -hmm. been acting on a stage this whole time. And then all of a sudden you open the door and there's like an entirely different world. Yeah, it's happening backstage the whole time. And yeah, it's been a very thrilling experience. It's a little bit like because I had evangelical friends because I grew up in southeastern Pennsylvania. So, of course, you have to. Sure. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of Mennonites around here and stuff. But uh, 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 like I didn't know. Like, so it feels like I'm kind of back in that world where like, oh, like these guys only yeah. have like, tele- like, um, uh, sorry, not Teletubbies, uh, uh, VeggieTales tapes or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, I, whatever. I knew VeggieTales growing up. Yeah, that was my thing. Yeah. yeah. And then like, but it's like, it's, it's kind of like, it feels like it's the, it's the next step down. Like those iceberg memes that people do. It's like, we're mm-hmm. on like the second tier of evangelical iceberg, um, yeah. which I feel I never got to. And like it, like every time when I'm listening to it, I'm just like, okay. I'm eating something with a group of people 
that is like the thing that I'm eating is not particularly good. It's not something mm-hmm. I want to eat, but it's like no. sort of a snack we're all having. Um, yeah. And we're going to have to talk about this afterwards and what like, you know, a, a passage from the Bible. And I'm going to work through that because I want to go play Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, except that for a lot of these evangelical kids, Adventures in Odyssey was the Nintendo. Right. right. That That's was the learning. reward. Yeah. I mean, yeah. growing up in San Diego, like I was surrounded by evangelical yeah, as well. It's like California. Very evangelical place. Yeah, California Christianity is its own very specific, very deeply weird thing. A lot of like it, super churches and stuff, right? Like it's very status heavy. I would yeah, assume. yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. Um, uh, particularly there's like there's one mega church that's going up in San Diego right now that's like a, a full-on scam. Like, I mean, most of them are, but like this one is just like <laughs> It's not even hiding it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, give us your money and you will never see it again. <laughs> That's like, uh, I mean, they just learned from Scientology. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And but I mean, they, that in a good way. We at No Cartridge love the search of Scientology. We, oh, like, we, do. Our, we yes. like our inroads to the uh, to the world of acting. We love um, boats. Yeah. Oh, God. Of course. Big, I would love to work big on a fan one. of boats. Yeah, I'd love to work on one. I love to work out my feelings while someone yells at me. Um, that's the other uh, thing I like. Did I ever? T- did, did you know that I worked on a cruise ship for six months? Did I ever? Scientology cruise ship? Not a Scientology okay, good, cruise good. ship, <laughs> but it did break my brain and soul. It uh, must I can, have. Yeah, never I can track this. No, no, I contracted a thing called Sea Madness, which uh, sounds hilarious and made up, uh, but it is, in fact, a very real medical condition. What? (laughs) Yeah. So there's a reason why you can't work on a cruise ship for longer than 10 months at a time because because they were running. Yeah, because of Sea Madness. They were running into this thing where people were just killing themselves, uh, throwing themselves overboard on ships if they stayed longer than 10 months. And they deduced that it was this suicidal ideation that's brought on by working on a ship. Oh, my God. So it's called Sea Madness. It's a very serious thing, but uh, it, and like it presents the end of yeah. a Lovecraft story. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. Lovecraft was wrong about so many things. I can't stress enough about how many things he was wrong about. But like the madness of the sea, 100% on. You've, 100% you've talked right. to me about this before, and I, real, I realized we've talked about this before. And you said that it was the madness of the sea and the name of that one cat were the things he was right about. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. No. AJ never said that. Trevor, no. <laughs> we can't. I can't go back. I can't go back. <laughs> No, that's horrible. That's um, that sounds hor- That sounds awful. Yeah, it was. I I, I was also I worked. A, I was in a show called The Illusionarium, uh, and so I was an illusionarium magic specialist. Uh, I had never worked. I'd never seen a magic show before working on one. Mm. So I got to know a lot of magicians too. And uh, most sure magicians that made life are terrible. Really cool. They're they're deeply awful people for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think there's a new generation that's coming up that's really trying to like make things more inclusive. But I literally had one of them say to me um, that uh, women couldn't be magicians because audiences would never feel bad for their assistants. <laughs> that's such a that's such an awful reason. <laughs> It's like, so awful. I yeah. love it. I love it because like you start off with women can't be magicians. And you're like, all right, what's he going to say? Like they can't yeah. trick people, right? They, they're too trustworthy, like, whatever. Like there's a million sexist tropes you can imagine he's going to say. But yeah. then he says, like, I love that it's not even just a sexist trope. It's like a magic trope that I didn't understand. Like yeah. half of the appeal of magic is you feel bad for the assistants. 
Well, that you feel peril for them. Like, because they always say if the, if you have a male assistant that the audience is going to be like, well, he can get out of there. Because, well, sure. and it's not even, it's not even true. Like, I mean, like, ugh. I love I love also the idea that the, the assistants are somehow like prisoners. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this assistant can get out of this box where they're getting sawed in half. I'm not. But this trick means nothing to me. I mean. Uh, Trevor, let, let's, they are. Be, let's be uh, very real. Most of them are in a prison of their own making. <laughs> that's called that's called getting the wrong degree. And it's a prison I know all too well. Yes, uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, it's not Ta- a good one. Uh, Taylor Swift wrote that song about the two of us, actually, mm-hmm. uh, all too well. Prison? Yes. Okay. And pr- prison? <laughs> that's, the, that's the T-Swift song. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Wait, like, what, what, so- what T-Swift song is prison? It's not. I just made it up. I don't, I don't know a lot of Taylor Swift songs outside of the singles. My wife listens to a lot of Taylor Swift. She would hate me that I said that. She got I, I kept making fun of her about it. She got mad oh. at me. Uh, oh, I'm writing a jukebox musical using Taylor Swift. Oh, I like Taylor. Right now, I, so I was just teasing Kristen because she loves it. So like I would be like, oh, is that Taylor Swift? You listen to more Taylor Swift? She was like, she was like, <laughs> stop telling people I listen to that much Taylor Swift. I don't. And I was like, well, I know you don't. The joke is you do. I don't like well, the she's joke. A, she's in good company because I listen to it a lot. Even though I, I just have such a I have such a conflicted feelings about her like as a as an artist but like her art is like i feel like it does something to me well, i don't a, know what she's it a does. great it pop just, artist i i don't yeah. want to make it sound like i don't like i'm too cool for taylor Swift. she's a wonderful pop artist um yeah i just don't end up listening to a lot of her for whatever reason i mean i don't listen to anything better i listen to a lot of trash but uh well what, what, what do you i mean what do you into what, what kind of i'm into all sorts of, of stuff but like what i end up listening to on spotify is generally just like I'll listen to the daily mix they make me of the like the rap oh, they yeah. think I'll like. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, exciting. Yeah. I like that. Um, and I like that's that's usually pretty good. And then like some days I'll just listen to pop punk and skate punk. Um, oh, I'll listen yeah. to a lot of um, a lot of teenage uh, bottle rocket. Uh, oh yeah, very very good stuff. Yeah. So you know it's not it's not trash trash, but it's not like it's not like I'm on like you know I'm not like oh I'm just I'm listening to John Cage all day. I don't have time for Taylor Swift like. You know, like talk talk to me when I'm done with the Steven Reich uh, retrospective. Listen, I'm just blaring Philip Glass's Einstein on the beach. I am not. I have no time for Taylor Swift. I need to feel like my bones are trying to escape my body. <laughs> for a while, I actually like in, in college. I listened to a lot of noise music, and I, I like noise music. I I, I mm. don't like it so much on on CD, and I think I tried for a while to like it on CD. Really yeah. like it live. Like going to a noise show live is cool. Um, sure, sure. I've had some great times going to <clears throat> noise shows. Um, there was one in the uh, Philly people will know uh, the first Unitarian church uh, where we had a lot of our best shows um, where I went to go see Wolf Eyes. And they were just like, that was that was so cool. Just watching them mix and match stuff and, and experiment and do different things. That's sure. Cool. I'd imagine it's like a kind of theater at a certain point. It is. Yeah. And they're just like, you never really know what they're going to do next. Like, uh, you know, like they'll pick up a mace and swing like, but like, it's not like uh death metal where they'll like swing it at the audience, which is cool. Right, too. Right. Like yeah. I've been to a lot of death metal shows too, but like, you know, they'll like, they'll like swing it back and forth in front of a microphone and then like scratch something next to it. And they'll make like a, an ear piercing sound. Um, yeah, it's cool. Like, yeah, you're right. It's like, it is theater. It's half theater, uh, which is why the albums kind of aren't as fun. Um, sure. They're yeah. all right, but they're not as fun. And like, but like I got really into the idea of liking dissonant music. So I just like for a while tried to listen to mostly noise and free jazz. Um, sure. It puts you in a bad place. Like, yeah, well, I love them both, but it puts you in a bad place. I feel like it kind of discombobulates you, right? It's mm-hmm. just like, especially with free jazz, if they're, you know, if it is just endless riffs, I think that's what free jazz is, right? It's, I mean, it's more like or a, less. It depends on what free jazz you're listening to. Like Ornette Coleman, like Shape of Jazz to Come is really the kind of like jumping off point, I think. 
most people would say in free jazz. And like, oh, that's, okay. that's structured to a degree um, right. in the same way that like Coltrane is and stuff. It's just like free yeah. jazz also kind of, I mean like very sort of experimental free jazz is just constant riffs. It has no, and like the idea is you're supposed to be riffing on something bad free jazz artists just play dissonant notes. Um, right. But, much like modern art, knowing the good from the bad free jazz artists means you have to be know like way more about it than you should. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I've worked with modern artists, so I, <laughs> I understand that. I had one uh, one day we were all like collaborating on a thing uh, and I had one artist come into the room and said and just like literally he threw his coat down and said, I will not work in color. And then he left the room and it was like, OK, so now we've lost <laughs> So many uh, pigments across the board. I guess we're now just doing black like, and white. Yeah, pretty much. That's so that's uh, so powerful. Did he explain the concept it, behind it? Uh, he had just seen Werner Herzog's Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Great. In 3D. So a really bad concept. That's good. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. And he just wanted to do that. He wanted to get back to sort of the basics, you know, of like human storytelling through painting. I love I love modern art because um, if you're worried about the video games, they're not coming. We're going to talk about modern art for two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's go. No, this is jazz. This is jazz, baby. <laughs> We're ripping <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's the kind of jazz I like. I like the ones where people go. That's when the little demon comes on stage. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's the Alex Jones demon. Um, but yeah, like the, the, um, like I, I love modern art because, and I, I like unironically like modern art because like when yeah. it's good, it conceptually is so neat. Like there's a, there's a piece yeah. called, uh, a, uh, not Aoki, uh, Hanoki by i forget who it's by you'll look it up uh but it's in the it's in the chicago if, if any of you are in chicago and haven't seen it uh let's see hanoki chicago art institute i've misspelled it and found myself at hanoki falls in japan oh uh, well no it's it, you're not too far off h-i-n-o-k-i uh oh okay yeah 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 it's um but basically it's it, yeah it's a piece by charles ray I always forget Charles Ray. Charles Ray also has another really wonderful one. That's a, uh, he just cast a, um, cast a, he like got it from a junkyard and cast a, a car that had been involved in a fatal accident. Um, oh, and wow. just recreated it, it fully. And then, you know, put it out there. Uh, but Hinoki's a similar idea. He saw this, um, while driving in Japan, I think maybe, maybe Japan or maybe the Pacific Northwest. I can't remember. They both sure. enter into it at some point. Um, right. he saw this big trunk of a Hinoki tree that had fallen down and thought it was beautiful and wanted to cast it and basically like, you know, found out he couldn't get it. He couldn't transport it. So what he did was he had it cut into sections and then um, like sent to, I think this is where Japan comes to sent to Japanese artisans who like cast uh like cast it bit by bit to make like a reproduction oh, wow. of, the, of the tree. Yeah. It's just yeah. Cool. It's, and it's like the concept behind it is all about, you know, like, um, uh, you know, the real versus the replicate replication, like what it like, does this count as the Hanoki thing or does it not? And if it doesn't, then why not? And like it, it, yeah. it, it's a really interesting process and a really interesting product. And like the questions it asks are really good too. And then like, but wow. the problem is like you get people like Ray, who I find super interesting. And then you mm -hmm. get people who are just like, yeah, I did this because like I saw something that used it really well. Like I saw meat at the supermarket and thought meat was cool and wanted to like <laughs> want to bring meat into the picture. It's like, dang, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is awful. Like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. I, it, you occasionally come across things that really just strike at your heart 
uh, in just very weird ways. Some mm. I, there was one I just like they covered the entire floor in sort of like um, like lighting gels, like blue lighting gels oh, cool. to like make a river. And there was just a duck on a plinth, like a rubber ducky on a plinth, like sitting above it. Okay. And I, I I stared at it and I laughed for like like the, my first initial reaction was just like. Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, and I laughed, and then I stared at it for a really long time, and the duck made me so sad. Oh, like, all, why was he on a plinth? Why was he not in the water with all the other ducks? Like, it. I went on a whole journey, and I know that makes me sound like a uh, terrible connoisseur of modern art. That I uh, am most attracted to the duck. Uh, I don't uh, know. I think that gel, makes sense, but. I'm also attracted to the game we're talking about today, so like I feel like my entire artistic integrity will be destroyed by the end of this episode anyway. Well, so I maybe. thought I might tell the duck story. No, I like the duck story because like that's like that again speaks to so like I, I end up talking to a lot of people who are like modern art, God, kids could do that. I, I don't like art that my kid could do. And like Yeah. It's whatever. People do that all the time and it's like fine, just say what you want to say. I used to correct them and be like, Well, what about this? Like yeah, yeah, worth it. Um, yeah. Like Jackson Pollock doesn't need you to defend him. Like, don't worry if someone says he has a, Ed Harris for that. <laughs> so true, so true, yeah. Misty. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm becoming a Zoomer now. I'm, I'm in my midlife crisis, so I'm I'm, I'm picking. No, I'm, I'm not really. But if I was, that's what I would say. Um, yeah, an ebro is that is, is that, that a thing? The, that's like I don't the, know. The, the I know e girls. The, the but like, like guitar, right? The the thing that puts. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, that uh -huh, that's ebro, it. That's but, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's how you sound really old. Um, oh, the thing on the guitar that makes the cool chords. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that. Um, now, like, I, uh, but, like, I think, like, what I like about modern art uh, sometimes, like, what, what you're describing there, and I guess it's sort of postmodern, but, like, I don't really know the distinction in art. I know the distinction in literature, but in art. Yeah, yeah, seems, literature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In art, it seems like a lot more loosey-goosey. Um, right. But I like that the actual effort is putting, like, the, 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 the gels down and setting up the environment and making that perfect for the emotional reaction. And then the, the thing that the eye is drawn to is the rubber ducky, which is like, uh, you know, zero effort to put the rubber ducky on the plinth. Right. And so that like, you get that mix of like, okay, um, extraordinarily hard work as the backdrop to something that is, um, completely without any sort of like, um, artistic effort. I think it's yeah. fascinating. I love that. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it's, it's like this beautiful, like concerto that ends with a, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, I can't, I can't add to that. Um, <laughs> I, I do think it actually leads us into the game kind of nicely. Cause, um, yeah. So we're going to be talking about the game, bad mojo. Um, we are. I never game. thought this day would come Trevor. I never thought I'd get to talk about bad mojo. Now, did you play this game when it came out? Yes. Okay. That must have been uh, terrifying. I you. was six. Yeah, that's it not a game you should play when young. you're six. Yeah, well, no, I think, I think this is like 18 and up. Like, this is, this is like, this is rough in some ways. Like, from an emotional perspective. Yeah. It's so gross. Yeah. This game is so viscerally gross in a way I do not remember. And I, I think this also instilled in me my fear of jump scares. Uh, There's even though playing scares in this, there are a couple when okay, that cat right. claw comes out. Did okay, you die to the cat? Yeah, I guess that's uh, right. It's I'm just not thinking about it because like the scariness is 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 so um so like built up in the goo and the gunk and like the paint yeah. you have to crawl around and all the scum and everything. Like, I guess I yeah. wasn't thinking of the jump scares, but they're there. You're right. Yeah. 
Uh, so I have a very fun story about how Bad Mojo came into my life because uh, I grew up in San Diego, uh, as I said before, and uh, there's a little event they have there uh, every year. You might have heard of it. It's called Comic Con. Never heard of it. Well, once upon a time <laughs> before Hollywood came in and made it into this big event in hullabaloo, it was just a comic convention mm -hmm. with a whole bunch of folding tables and a giant convention center with little kiosks that you could walk around. And it was always the biggest one. Yeah, it was always the biggest mm -hmm. one. Um, but back in 1996 or seven, I, I it honestly gets a little hazy for me because I was I was very young. Uh, uh, my dad took me to Comic Con and we were walking around um, all the tables and things. And there was just this one that was an all had all these black curtains around it, and there was a giant thing above it that was a cockroach, and it said Bad Mojo on it. <laughs> and I ran up to the booth because it was a computer game, right? And that's that's all that I was, was able what to you play were into. Yeah, of course. yeah. I, I I I didn't have a console. My parents would let me have a console. I played exclusively uh, educational games when I was a kid. So like Jumpstart third grade, Jumpstart fourth grade, Math Blast. Now in fairness, this is like, this is largely what I played when I was that age before I got a Nintendo. But also, yeah. I'm a little older than you, so we had like, we had a significantly worse computer. So I'd be mad if I was, it was 1996 and there was like yeah. some decent games like on my computer. I'm like, I can't play anything but Math Blasters. All right. Yeah, yeah. I Quake mean, 2 I, is just right there. Yeah, I mean, if I, you know, had I waited five years, I could have played the majesty that is Max Payne. There you go. You could have. Trevor, I don't like Max Payne. You don't? Uh, I don't like Max. Do you like Max Payne? I, you know what? I've never actually really played it. It, it oh, passed okay. me by a little bit. Uh, it's it, one of my I mean, blind spots. Uh, do you like Remedy games sort of like in general? Are you a Sam Lake fan? Um, I don't know. Remedy is the one. I'm trying to remember who, what games he's made besides Max Payne. So, so like Alan Wake and yeah, Control. I'm, I'm not. So I, I want to play Contro Control. I'm not a big Alan Wake fan. I'll be no, honest with you. It's a bad game. No, I, no, you're you're correct. I like I I didn't hate playing it and like I didn't hate the gameplay necessarily, but I thought the storytelling was like clumsy and overwrought and I wasn't super yeah. impressed, I'll be honest. Yeah, uh, well, the game opens with him saying, my name is Alan Wake. I'm a writer. Stephen King once wrote. And I'm like, oh, boy. OK. Uh, and then the whole thing is just a Stephen King game. It like, is, that's, yeah. I, like, I get it. I get the idea of it being a Stephen King game, but I never got the reaction it got. Like, I remember I was reading Penny Arcade back then still, which, like, again, sure. like if you want to if you want to gainsay my my opinion on this, just note that I was playing. I was reading Penny Arcade actively when it came out. So sure. Uh, you yeah. know, even Homer. Uh, nods as they say but um <laughs> uh <laughs> the uh yeah like i remember uh jerry holkins who was going by Tycho at that point um was saying yeah. how brilliant it was as a game like how like smart it was as writing and oh my gosh like it's so scary but it's so and i was like wow it must be really good like he's a pretty good writer um wrong on both counts but uh <laughs> he I, yeah. I, I feel like that's like a thing that people think, though, that like Alan Wake is like super smart and super like genre bending and like. But well, it's they like, think about that about Max Payne, too, and they're they're just so incorrect. I feel like uh, I could enjoy Max Payne more than more than Alan Wake in some ways. I Yeah, because Alan Wake feels like the unsuccessful. It feels like an unsuccessful homage to Twin Peaks when yes. um, when Deadly Premonition is right there. Right. Um, uh, yeah. I have some terrible news for you about Max Payne 2. There's an entire level that takes place in the game's equivalent of Twin Peaks. In like not, a fun house. Not happy to hear that. Yeah. That's that's a yeah. bummer. I will say I am not opposed to Twin Peaks homages. I think the the psych episode yeah. that is an homage to Twin Peaks it's is good. like absolutely brilliant. 
Look, I know you know that you're not telling the truth. I knew you know. Don't have it any might not, proof. Yeah, I might not have any proof. <laughs> That's what it is. I, I'm not hey, singing. Hey, look, you it. learn how to bend. Your worst, worst intuition is going to psych, psych you out in the end. end. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I, I, God, I've watched that show. So I've watched, I've definitely watched it all through once. I've almost watched it all through twice at some point. Um, well, there is, there is actually a pineapple hidden inside this episode. <laughs> so you just have to really, if you listen hard enough, you can hear it. But like that one, but like that, that version, that like homage to, to, to Twin Peaks works so well because like, they get Twin Peaks actors and like, yeah, they play, yeah. they play around with it and they make jokes based on the show, not just on like the, the aesthetic and like, you know, there's, it goofs on, it doesn't take it too super seriously. All like right. the, you know, all the supernatural stuff is debunked and it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's like, that's a take on it. I feel like the problem with, um, Alan Wake to me and like, I'll probably play Alan Wake too. Like I'm not, I'm not opposed, but like yeah. it's, I think the problem was it had no sense of humor. It was just very serious. Oh, deadly serious. It was ultra serious. self-serious. Yeah, which is the thing about most of his projects. I will say that Sam Lake has gotten better. Like, I, Control isn't my favorite game on the planet, but it, it is so <laughs> leaps and bounds. It is so leaps and bounds better than all the other Remedy games mm -hmm. that, like, it really gives me hope that, that, that they will improve and will get better. Um, unlike the people who made Bad Mojo, who I don't think ever made a game again, uh, because the process of making this game was horrific, apparently. Yeah, so so I'm interested in hearing you talk about that because like there's yeah, like the, the way this game came about, I don't know a lot about, but it reminds me of so many games from the period of time in like so many different ways. Like yeah. it reminds me of the point and click like Blade Runner game. Uh, oh, interesting. Like in the way that like I don't know where to go and like there's different areas and I'm clicking on stuff and trying to figure out. It reminds me of, um, but like, it's still pretty yeah. and like interesting to look at. It reminds me of, uh, out of this world. I don't know if you ever played out of this world. I it's didn't a no. Super Nintendo game. You probably would like it. If you like this game, it's like, cool. It's very pixely. It's, it's a different look, but the idea right. is you're just this guy on this planet basically. And you have to try and get home. And it, it kind of leans into the, you know, like stranger in a strange world thing. Like this game does. In a yeah. lot of ways, like, you know, half the half the problem is like you don't know the restrictions of the world, so you don't know what to try. Um, right. And like, I, I feel like those kinds of games were out in this period of time a lot more where like there's a concept in this case. The concept is like, what if you were a roach and had to like walk or like what if what if you were a roach and your puzzle space was a uh, a gross apartment building like a, like a tenement basically like like the worst the worst apartment building in the history oh. of media yeah i, I like i felt bad when like at the beginning when the guy was like yeah like go back to your hovel that you call like your rat infested hovel and i was like man this guy like that's harsh dude like it's not that bad it's like your yep. apartment seems nice and then he went to his rat infested hovel i was like oh my god this guy lives in filth <laughs> yeah they, i mean it's it's really bad um so i have i have a quote here uh, from the director of the game, uh, Vinny Carella, who actually, when I was at Comic-Con and ran up to the table when I was six. Was he I there? Think it, I think it was him. <gasps> like, it's hard to remember. Like, memory is such a tricky thing. Were right? you starstruck? No, but when I, when I Googled a picture of him, that's the that, that's the thing that popped into my head. And I don't know if that's just my brain copy pasting and like trying to solve and close that loop. Or I not. want to believe. But uh, he was very nice, and he was like, hey, do you like bugs? And I went, no. <laughs> and he was like, well, do you like computer games? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, well, you'll like this one. Um, and do so we like bought. bugs? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and so we bought we bought a copy uh, of the game, Incredible. and then he threw in uh, T-shirts. So buried Whoa. somewhere at, at in my childhood home is Bad Mojo merch, which I think has to be like the rarest kind of game merch I, that exists. Yeah, I wonder. Like, let's see, let's see what well, this is. Yeah, uh, this is. This is a live form, right? That's basically what we're doing. I'm just yeah, I'm yeah, just, yeah, 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 right. Uh, yeah, let's see. eBay bad mojo. Yeah, how much could I get for that? I do wonder. Uh, let's see what. Let's see. Uh, bad monkey. Bad oh. mojo. Oh, it's all the Powerpuff Girls mojo. Oh, Mojo Jojo. Yeah, it's Mojo I Jojo. I met him. I met the voice of Mojo Jojo. Oh, did he you? was a yeah. He was a uh, he's a technician on cruise ships. He's like oh. uh, like the head of technicians on certain cruise ships. That's a, uh, that's a sad fate for the voice of Mojo Jojo. Yeah, I mean, truly. I thought he uh, was He seemed uh, to be really star. happy, though. I don't know. Okay. Uh, it, it's, uh, some people really thrive uh, on boat. I just, I certainly did not thrive on boat. <laughs> so you're telling uh, me Mojo Jojo did not have uh, the, the madness? No, no, no. Or at least he had been off the boat long enough to forget the madness and come back. It's one of those things that, like... Uh, uh, what's what's the old Lewis Black joke where um, it's like people like the Starbucks across the street from the other Starbucks where they can only <laughs> right. appeal to people with dementia as they leave and they're like you know what sounds good boys a nice cup of joe <laughs> uh, it's that same thing like once you're off boat you forget how bad it is until you're back on okay. boat and then it all comes flooding back can you get uh, on a boat can I can I get on a boat yes I can hmm. uh, I do have to uh, smoke a lot of weed though like I have to uh, really tamper my anxiety. I, I've gotten better at it. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause also uh, cruise ships don't feel like boats. Like, no. like when you step onto a, a boat, it's uh, it's a little bit, you feel the ocean more and on cruise ships, you feel nothing but like the vibration of the engine and uh, the insanity slowly peeling its way back into your mind. Um, my experience on boat is actually what Vinnie Carella described making Bad Mojo as, which is there was a pall over the whole production and no happiness, just pain. Oh my God. Yeah. And th I think that comes through when you play Bad Mojo. It's a misery right? like, of a game in like, in like a good and bad way. Yeah. Uh, the acting, I think, was not intended to be as painful uh, as, as it comes off. Uh, the, I don't the, know. Our roach friend, when he's a human, is... Um, one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. Truly, just abysmal. truly bad. The landlord is passable. I mean, he's fine. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's. He's doing the best with what he works with. Like yeah. when when he has the scenes with uh, our protagonist's name is uh, Roger Sam's. Sam. I don't. I don't get it. Roger doesn't sound like Gregor to me. No, I don't no. know why I thought of Gregor. That's not, yeah. yeah. I don't know why either. Yeah, it's it's it's, weird. it's a totally different thing. Well, actually, I do. I do kind of want to ask you, uh, as sort of the grand literary poobaba oh, of you. video games. Oh, thank you. How do you how do you find this as an adaptation of Franz Kafka's The Metamorphosis? Not particularly compelling. Uh, I mean, nope. It's 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 like whatever is interesting about this game, and there is stuff that's interesting about this game. Whatever's interesting about the game is not at all relevant to the Metamorphosis. Like, no. Metamorphosis is like the the whole premise is. Yes, okay, the plot is that Gregor's turned into a bug, but the point right. of the the point of the of the story is that Gregor has to like have these horrible reactions from his family about turning into a bug, right? Like right. people throw shoes at him and are disgusted by him and hate him and stuff like that. Whereas yeah. in this game, you're just a roach and you kind of like traverse the world. Um, yeah. which is not the same. 
No, no, no. And it's also like, it's almost like they didn't trust the the plot of the metamorphosis and they 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 talk a lot about how they were inspired by like joseph conrad and it's like yeah of course like they're trying to like throw this three-act structure at the metamorphosis and in the process i'll pretty much erase the metamorphosis well yeah i mean there's a there's a happy ending there's like i mean if you wanted to get psychoanalytic about it like right literally like if you you want to get psychoanalytic about it almost all of kafka's stuff is about oh yeah always yeah but almost almost all kafka's work is about like not being able to trust like authority and like losing a kind of faith in like a father figure or whatever. Right. Um, and, uh, or a parental figure. Sure. And this whole game is finding your parental figure was the person who was living under your roof the whole time. And you misjudged him and you both moved to Mexico and live happily ever after. And like scream laugh as you're drinking. (laughs) tiki drinks in what appears to be the back room of like a warehouse like they're not outside they're sand but there's a brick wall behind they couldn't them. afford they couldn't afford it at the end the paul took so much money to recreate you have no idea it did because you know we are in san francisco slash under the brooklyn bridge i thought it was i thought it was uh new york the whole time yeah is there a uh, title card i missed no, no, no. It's all, unfortunately, it's all in the text of, like, uh, the faxes that you print out at one it's point. the worst way of telling a story. Like, the worst yeah. environmental storytelling I've ever seen. Like, you're crawling through garbage as a roach, and in the background, there's, like, a letter from a dean. You're like, yeah. what does this say? Like, I, I can't read this. The worst part is that it's split between two screens, so in order to actually read what it says, you have to keep darting back and forth. Oh, it was a nightmare. They couldn't load uh, the whole the whole thing back then, AJ. It's a no. They couldn't. They couldn't. It was. It's a real it, problem. They're working. Yeah, they. I mean, that was the reason why he's a cockroach too, is because they they wanted to do something with a protagonist that was small, because that was, I guess, easier to make run on that those old computers well you know it is and like it it, it's funny because like it does sort of speak to that period of time and where like you there's so many quirky games came around that were based on like i don't know if you've ever seen uh footage of harvester but oh god harvester Um, (laughs) oh you should look that up it's a it's it's a really it's a really stupid horror game um friend of the show creel uh my creel or creel tube would be the one on on, tw- on youtube has a has a pretty good video on it uh um, oh cool yeah he, that's a funny oh one. wow that is a that is a badass cover photo that's the the grim reaper <laughs> oh harvester is something else like that is that is that is a weird game wow it's the most violent adventure game of all time according to steam it actually it actually caused uh, part of the panic in congress over video games apparently oh no way yeah people got really upset about harvester um, was it it was that night trap i guess were yeah two... night trap was the other one because it was porny yeah. uh yeah. it was like softcore porn you could see a boob or something um i mean honestly not really i i, I played I played through it recently. Oh, and yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Was really uh, that was good? actually the f- that was the first episode of the worst of all possible worlds. Oh, yeah, Brian and I right. talking about Night Trap. That's right. Uh, yeah. No, she's in. She's in basically like a nighty. Like it's not it's not particularly revealing. It's camp. Like the whole thing is just I- incredibly campy and silly. Like mm-hmm. it's th- no one would wa- look at Night Trap and be like, you know what? I'm horned now. I'm <laughs> Listen, I, I, as, as the, as part of the, a proud, proud member of the watching the Spice Channel scramble generation. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we could have, back in my day, you didn't get to pick what you got horned by. 
Yeah, a stiff breeze. I was Passing on the cutting clouds. edge of that. Huh? No, <laughs> Passing clouds. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was on the cutting edge of that. Okay, because good, good. Mine, we did, uh, the internet was still, it would take re a really long time to load anything. And also, I was so terrified because there was like one computer in the house, right? Like, I didn't want... You know, someone accidentally logging on and seeing it. So uh, my weapon of choice was the Girls Gone Wild infomercials that played with Adult Swim. Yes, yes. Uh, when that when those first started out, uh, that was that was really that was really interesting because at school they had told you it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, you can masturbate and it's fine. Wow. We were like they immediately told that at school. Yeah, it was like th there's no like uh, like physical repercussions from it it's something you can do and then weirdly my teacher turned to the, his co-teacher because they had to teach sex ed in like pairs or whatever mm -hmm. he turned to his co-teachers like i masturbate all the time uh and that man still has a job somehow uh, at that school <laughs> thank god he told uh, you that yeah no thank god i wouldn't have done it i mean honestly that talk about a way to keep kids from masturbating just say <laughs> just have a teacher come out and say i do it all the time oh my god that guy does it like we just didn't talk about it, as as I recall, health oh, classes just didn't cover masturbation. It was left. Yeah, out. yeah. Well, I was. It was just very surprising because I just thought you had to go through like the physical thing of it. I didn't realize there was like a mental component oh, to it. Oh yeah. So the, the the first time I masturbated to a Girls Gone Wild thing, it just came on and it like caught me by surprise. <laughs> and it was like, oh, that's how this works. <laughs> <laughs> bad mojo indeed yeah well i like i like that the so so oh yeah what, what i was going at like there's, they, there's all these weird um games from this period of time where like it is clearly premised on like it's premised on like a uh a concept right like okay i have this idea and like yeah. it can be like it's like a back of a napkin idea like what if a roach was in a puzzle game and you're yes. like, okay, like, how do we build a game around this? And you slowly build a narrative. But then also it's like, well, how do we build a game that can run on this, that not everyone's going to need the newest voodoo card or whatever to, to run this on. And so you right, get right. these weird games that are just like, like, you know, like some, some companies could handle that. Like LucasArts could handle that. Yeah. They could make really amazing games based on, you know, the same uh, basic, you know, coding the whole, well, the same basic graphics package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play, I, I, I played the shit out of uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Very good uh, game. Yeah, no, there's a puzzle in that that has burned its way into my in my mind, and it's uh, when you have to talk to the parrot, mm -hmm. and you have to give the parrot like a certain phrase or whatever, and the phrase is tip a canoe in Tyler 2. There you go. <laughs> well, now you also know how John Tyler got elected. Yeah, so. and uh, and then died, right? He was the cherry guy? Uh... Uh... No, because Tippecanoe tipped. He was pneumonia. He, he, uh, Harrison Zachary died. Taylor died of the cherries. Yeah, Harrison he, he, died. Ha William Henry Harrison died of um, of uh, being out in the rain. Uh, yeah, I, I, he didn't wear a coat. He was like, I can do it. And then he was dead a month later. Apparently, he was like our most progressive president of all time, too. From really? what people were telling me. Yeah, maybe that's not true, but it could be. Well, it's because he never like he lives solely in hope. Right. Like he he was still running on all the campaign promises like, well, Eddie said, obviously might have done it. And it's like, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Bernie no. wouldn't have worn a coat. Uh, yeah. But the yeah, I think, like but you know, he would have worn some killer mittens. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, so true. Uh, God, that's a stupid meme. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he looks he, great. He looks so cozy. Why doesn't he show some enthusiasm? Women have to do emotional labor. Uh, Hillary Staffer in the bio. Uh, women do have to do emotional labor. It's true. But. What? Uh, Lincoln Project uh, tattooed on your <laughs> arm. How? How? Uh, but yeah, like, it, I, I think, like, 
these games are such a moment, like a, a piece of their time because there's like this really isn't like you know with the arms race on graphics and stuff kind of coming down to like well okay we all have kind of the same graphics now like we're right you know, the ps5 isn't a big jump from the ps4 really um no. we're all kind of like at a at an asymptotic point like right you don't really get this as much whereas in these days it was like graphics just changed so often that you had these people just being like we got to like make this for the budget space so everyone can play it and they made these like very strange games as a result Right. And uh, I mean, for this game, they used a lot of live animals and uh, killed a lot of animals. Oh, this really? Is, a lot yeah, of roaches? This, uh, I, honestly, the roaches weren't really the things that died for the most part. Um, they had to they had to cool them to slow them down, because apparently when co when roaches get cold, they move slower. That's true. Um, so that was the only way they could film them and get because they had to they literally took a photo of oh. all the positions and they just like quickly animated between them. It's pretty uh, nice looking back for all that. Yeah, it is. Um, and again, like the the dead rat was they found a dead rat oh. and they just put it under a thing. And I guess it was still alive while they were taking the photo. Um, and it's and this rat, uh, for those of you who have not played the game, it is it is a rat in a trap that is just leaking blood like everywhere. And you get to walk uh, over it. And yeah, I guess it uh, did you, blood. Did you did you get too close to it? Because it can still eat you. Oh, really? And that, yeah, oh. that that sort of teaches you to sort of not trust that things are still images in this, mm. in a very I think cool and interesting way. There there I are think, some cool yeah. and interesting ways it teaches you. Like that's that's a cool way to teach you. I think like using the dead roaches to show you how you can die is pretty cool too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, don't walk in this paint. You see that roach? He walked in the paint. Yeah, and he's gone, and he's like twitching or like near death. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it really actually, there's a point where you have to rescue like a little baby roach mm -hmm. uh, who's stuck in a thing. And it actually, by that point, it had convinced me that roaches weren't all terrible, even though in real life, they're the worst things you could ever imagine. Like <laughs> in the game, I started to actually empathize with these roaches, which I mean, that's an achievement. It's impressive. I, I mean, my, my roach story was always uh, when I lived in Brooklyn briefly. Um, yeah. Like my roommate moved out because she had finished with school. And so... Um, I, yeah. I I had to move the I was in like the back room and it was summer so it yeah. was too hot she took her one of we had two air conditioners she took hers naturally yeah and we um I moved into the living room and slept on a mattress on the floor and put my air conditioner in the kitchen so I was could stay cool um, sure, sure truly one of the most insane periods of my life like <laughs> how, how long did you live in Brooklyn mind. for huh how long did you live in Brooklyn for and where like in a Brooklyn? year or so in a Park Slope. That's where I currently am. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I lived, yeah, I lived on um, right by uh, the the 15th Street Station. That's uh, it's very close to where you live. I don't want to say any more, <laughs> but uh, once we're off, Mike, we'll okay. we'll compare. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Yeah. No, I lived there for a bit. And um, but like I, I, I laid on the on the mattress and like, I mean, it's truly like a, a great way to become insane. Uh, is to live alone, mm -hmm. uh, go to like two classes a week, uh, which is where you see the only people you see and eat sesame noodles all the time. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. That was a cool you... way to live. Uh, but I, I was laid on the on the um, mattress on the floor and my my girlfriend then, my wife now, uh, Kristen was like, you know, there are roaches in your apartment. And I was like, yeah, no, of course, uh, but they can't climb on a mattress. And she was like, oh, they absolutely oh. can. And then I, I like I, I was able to sort of like seamlessly mentally no. justify it. I was like, no, they're my friends. It's fine. We're all yeah. friends here. 
She's like, yeah. I'm not sleeping at your apartment. <laughs> like, that's fair. That's fine. Well, I mean, because I don't think cockroaches can like hurt you no. in any way. Like, they're not they're not biters. No, they don't right? want to hurt you. Yeah, I'm sure they they're can just bite really you. gross and awful. Like, mm-hmm. they just they they and, and I, roll around in filth. They're disgusting. Yeah, yeah. But they're not. But they're not gonna like. It's not like a bed bug situation mm-hmm. or like no, a rat no, situation. No. Yeah, not even close to that. Um, certainly not like a bed bug situation. Like where like. Well, I mean, the the creators of this game like really banked on the fact that everybody had a roach story. Mm-hmm. Like that's that was like their, their sort of unifying theory. This was that period of time too, because this was Joe's apartment era as well. Yeah, that's right. Oh wow. This is yeah, it's yeah, Roach I Central. I've thought about that in a long, long time. Thank you for that. Yeah, no, you could. Yeah, I always think about them singing "Welcome to Joey's Toilet," and then I'll jump again like a uh, like a Bugsby like a Busby Burks uh, kind of uh, special. I wonder if that did numbers for the Bad Mojo game. If that actually <laughs> like so. uh, gave the Joe's what, apartment let's, bump. Let's see how much they sold. Uh, apparently, it sold pretty well. Actually, really. Uh, they recouped at least, and it sold well enough that they did a Redux version in 2003. They re-released the game, so you could—I I don't know—play uh, it again. And uh, honestly, there was an article I found from two weeks ago. Oh my god! Talking about Bad Mojo. So there's just something in the air that something is Bad Mojo, a thing we have not really defined because the game sure doesn't. Other than I guess. It means uh, magic. He says bad mojo at the beginning when he's like, I'm, I'm reading, I'm also reading this and apparently, oh my God, the, yeah. the, 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 um, I think we're reading from a similar thing, but the, uh, right. the, um, inspirations are the metamorphosis and a wonderful life. Yeah. It's like, a wonderful life. Cool. Yeah. You know what, what I here, here's the thing though, like that that's when you're making you know we were talking about modern art earlier but i mean kind of making all art the thing that i love most about it is taking two very unlike things and then swishing them together and see how they talk to each other Mm. so i like i admire the impulse of taking metamorphosis and smushing it with it's a wonderful life and seeing what you can find in the muck of it but i just think that they they so discard kafka's story that like it just kind of becomes it's a wonderful life with a cockroach right yeah no i agree I do. It is like it. It is absolutely a um, a cult classic. In two thousand four, PC Gamer gave it their best adventure game. Two thousand four for Bad yeah, Major for the Redux. Redux. Oh my yeah. god, um, super interesting. Well- because there is like nothing feels like Bad Mojo. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've played a game that makes me feel quite the way that this game does. Yeah. It, it is like, you know, it, it reminds me a little bit of there's a game called um, what is it called? Like um, it's it, it's it's vaguely popular now. It's like from a from a um, maybe torment. I, I forget. But like it's it's basically like hmm. it's a it's a re- weird H.R. Geiger world. Um, sure. And, uh, and you just like walk around in it and you have like a flesh gun or whatever. But mostly we need more penises. <laughs> <laughs> Brian is a really good uh, geeker that I just I can't, but that's my best geeker. That's a good geeker. I like that. Um, but yeah, like, it, would it, you would you like to discover your dead mother inside this cockroach <laughs> pendant? That's the worst plot point. Why was that a plot point? <laughs> I don't know. Look, I can tell you a lot of things. Other, I, I think his mom, uh, Angelina, who is this weird ghost that speaks at nothing but rhyming riddles. Very cool. Uh, lady. Uh, died in childbirth, giving birth to our protagonist, uh, Roger Sams, and uh, 
he, his father Eddie, who unbeknownst to him is his landlord currently, <laughs> uh, gave him up for adopt, gave him up to nuns for for nuns to raise, and uh, he was the nuns abused were by abusive. those nuns. He was abused by those nuns. Good. No, uh, he was also abused by just a schoolyard bully uh, who approaches him in what I believe to be one of the most wildly escalating cutscenes in this whole thing. <laughs> I think for the most part, the thing holds up fine. Like it's the story isn't anything like wild or crazy. But this one scene where this bully comes up and uses two slurs back to back. I mean, you had, it was the 90s. It was. It was the 90s. But he walks up and knocks uh, like Roger's terrarium out of his hand and, and calls him a f roach boy, which is. Do you think roach boy is also a slur? Maybe. I don't know. I think this game really likes roaches. Who's to say? Absolutely. Well, Roger at the end learns that roaches are cool and like studies them in Mexico, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So this is where things get a little more complicated. The, do you know the reason why Roger has all that money? Because at the beginning of the game, he has this big pile of it. money in a bag. Yes. Yeah. He stole it because he was getting a research grant from what is referred to as the university. Uh, no, the, the College of Biochemistry at California University at Barbary Coast oh. or CUBC, where he is a professor. So he just got a grant from the university to. It's a horrible, horrible. Like, professors don't always get paid a lot, but wow, that's a bad apartment yeah. to live in for a professor. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a it's uh, I, I, yeah. And he just he, he gets this like this huge, like million dollar grant Good for him. Uh, which then to create like the world's strongest pesticide, like something that will kill every single bug on the planet. And Noble goal. yeah, it turns out he can't make it. So he decides to skip town with the money. Uh, and that's what he's going to do. Had you not transformed into a cockroach because your dead mom was like, Hey, if you don't save your dad tonight, he's going to explode <laughs> because he's going to leave the gas on and drop a lit cigarette onto oh like what is essentially like a Rube Goldberg machine of paper <laughs> well, like, to set I, the entire place ablaze. I love how it could be like all this stuff could be a lot simpler. That's every adventure game, of course. But like, right. The puzzles are complex, right? And like, so like yeah. Bad Mojo, when it's at its best, complicates the puzzles by way of like, you know, like you see the environment and you're like, I can't figure out what I need to push because you're a cockroach. So you're like, well, what can yeah. I push? What can I influence? And then yeah. you, once you realize you're like, oh God, of course, like I can, I can short this wire or like, oh, I can right. like, I can move this pill if I push hard enough or whatever. Right. Like there yeah. are certain things you can manage, but like the, at its worst, it's like, it's, it's complicated. And this is only in its plot. I think, I think the puzzles actually keep this up pretty well, but in the plot, like, yeah. Why does it need to be as complicated as this? You literally could just like create a simple situation where like he has a yeah. bunch of papers and drops a lit cigarette on them. That happens have, all the time. I genuinely have no idea. Other than that, they have a background in theater and this does feel. Oh, it's very theatery. Yeah, it feels like a play that your friend asked you to come to. You had to pay $25 for three hours of the worst black box a theater you've ever seen in your life like that's that's kind of what this feels like but there is a charm to it mm -hmm. i think and there's a charm to seeing your friend in a terrible thing because it's still your buddy up there and i guess that's why i i, I have such enough a fondness for this game it is like there, there's something really cool about 
older. I mean, there's something really cool about all sorts of um, uh, uh, live. Uh, why am I forgetting what it's called? Like basically like live action video games, like uh, mocap, not mocap, but like actual like video. F F yeah, FMV. FMV. Stuff. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I don't know yeah, why yeah, that yeah. fell out of my head. Um, <laughs> no worries. But like, yeah, there's a charm to FMV stuff. And part of that is that usually it's quite bad. Like, right. Uh, like if you played the classic Sega CD game, Sewer Shark. Um, <laughs> no, what, what, what kind of acting was in that? Did they have a real shark? Uh, no, they had, they, uh, they, no, you did not shoot sharks. You, you rode through tunnels, uh, shooting rats. You were like a oh, rat guy, but like okay. your general, uh, yelled at you and, uh, Oh God! Uh, I'll I'll find a link and send it to is you. Is it is it is it is it like Tim Curry and Command and Conquer kind of uh, like that? Uh, yeah, not unlike that. Um, uh, I gotta, I'm, I'm gonna find this and and DM it to you because you really should. Uh, I I will absolutely watch the shit out of that. Yeah, it's really good. And then like your like the bosses bosses, this guy just eating a bunch of pasta. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's, yes it's very my good. people was he italian please say he was italian please say uh, it's, he was it's one of unclear but he he always says he when he when he sees so your your name at the beginning of the game is um dog meat because you're like you're like a, a shitty rookie basically and um and uh when he sees hmm. you he goes like he goes he goes, dog breath, whatever your name is. You're not getting enough rats. Uh, uh, listeners, the uh, the physicality that Trevor just gave, the performance that he gave for me on this screen was truly breathtaking. So he he mimed slurping it up into his mouth yeah. with an imaginary fork. Your prop work was oh. uh, unparalleled. You know, I didn't go to acting school, so that means a lot. Yeah. Means a lot. Um, yeah. But like, it, it's, it's just like those... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, those kind of FMV things are like super charming because like they are bad and you're just like, oh, yeah, it was like a form that didn't really understand itself. But then like right. even current FMV, like I don't know if you've played uh, a lot of Sam Barlow's stuff. Um, I haven't. Uh, what, what? So he uh, did. Um, he did. He was on the show recently. Uh, he did. Oh, wait, is he immortality? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've been playing his stuff for a long time. Yeah. I played her story mm -hmm. way back in the day. Um, I think that was his first. It is, well, it might. It wasn't his first game ever. He did a Silent Hill game uh, before. That, oh, shit. I would like for the one for the Wii that you can't really play the way he wanted. He was he, he talked about it in the podcast. Aww. He's like, it's a bummer. No one can really play that the way they I, I intended anymore because uh, of right. hardware and stuff. But um, uh, I have immortality. I can't wait to. Start oh, playing you really it. should. I, I actually I, I have I didn't listen to your episode just in case it was, oh, it was it's spoiler heavy stuff, but I. Oh, yeah, I plan. I plan to immediately. You are gonna after. love Immortality. Um, I can't wait. But like the acting is brilliant in Immortality. Like it's right. very good. And like, like they, they cracked it. Yeah, it's it's it's. But like it's, it, you know, they they do a wonderful job of like, the the kind of like presenting someone who's not a good actor, acting. Yeah. Like they they just do a oh, great sure. job. Like you know, it's like someone who's a ham. Like what would they look like if they were acting, but not like you know, they themselves are a good actor. They're acting as a bad actor uh, kind of yeah. thing. Like, it's like how the best singers can be, can pretend to be the worst singers yeah. because they just have so much control. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like Jason Alexander. I just brought this up on a stream or another. Oh, it was another podcast. So people will hear this twice in a row, but Jason yeah. Alexander, Jason Alexander uh, uh, doing the message machine on Seinfeld, but uh, having to fake his voice being really bad because like a lot of actors, he's a he's a good singer because he has good breath. Oh control. no, he's tremendous. Yeah. Uh, his his rendition of "Comedy Tonight" is actually my favorite oh. of that song. He's he's tremendous. Yeah, but like the you know the message. I don't know if you've seen that Seinfeld where he leaves the message machine 
the message. Uh, it's I, so I like, haven't. Uh, it's to uh, the tune of like Last American Hero, or Greatest American Hero, whatever that that show was. And it he just you know it's oh like, sure believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. <laughs> and he like beep. he, he yeah. clearly is like getting every note flat on purpose. And he says yeah. like in a commentary, he's like, yeah, I had to work really hard to sound bad on that. So oh, yeah, well, I mean, it's like it's yeah. a talent. It's a talent to sound better, act bad. Uh, did I? Uh, I don't mean to completely derail us into Jason Alexanderland, but there's a very charming story about him on Merrily We Roll Along. Oh please, if that's of any interest. Yes, please, he, no, no, absolutely. Uh, so he he was like one of the few actors in the original Merrily that like Sondheim and uh, um, oh man, I'm I always forget the the guy who did the book uh, for Merrily, but uh, it was the only one that like Hal Prince and Sondheim thought like really nailed being like a 20 year old playing a 40 year old because okay. he just has that energy yeah, right he's yeah. always he's always been like a 40 year old man and uh he you know Sondheim was writing these songs for these kids and uh he was just like so is there anything I should know and Jason Alexander says well I can't sing chromatic I can't sing chromatic like my, my ear just doesn't hear the tone interesting so I I, I just have a lot of trouble with that uh and Sondheim's like don't worry I got that covered you'll be fine uh, he leaves, he comes back, and the song that he's written for Jason Alexander is entirely in chromatic. Oh it's entirely chromatic. And he came up to him and he was like, I, I, I told you, I can't do this. And and Sondheim was like, I think you can. Wow. And he did. And he pulled it off and he sounds great. That's how he learned how to sing that way. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's like, and like, I, that's really neat. I love that. Like, I, I think like, you know, there's something... There's something in like, again, like not... Again, like, this is, this is shoehorning. I get it. But like, in Bad Mojo, there's like something about the game that gives you like it has faith in you to figure out like the concept of the game in a right. way that like no game today would dare to have. And I I, I think no, no, there's no. there's something really cool about that where it's like, yeah, like we've given you all the visual cues, like try to figure out how to navigate this world. Um, yeah. And like, I, I don't know, like the ham fisted story, the weirdness of it, the like the like the one thing that is truly awful is the 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 placement of loading screens like walking up to something that should not be a tunnel and all of a sudden your roach disappears and they're in a new place yeah awful yeah uh also uh i mean you have to kind of save scum on this game particularly uh because yeah. the end turns out is a time trial uh and if you fail the game just ends <laughs> and you have to would have to restart had you not saved uh so i was save scumming left and right but the thing it, it, it would happen sometimes that i would save and then when i would reload the save uh, my cockroach would not be where I left it. It would be in like the muck and it would drown and die. Oh. <laughs> uh, and so I'd have to reload. And I also lost both. Of, you only get three lives in the game. Mm. And I lost my first two uh, <laughs> pretty early on. So I was I was living on a razor's edge. You had edge. to do a hundred percent no death run by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, I did. That was that was exciting. I played it on a banana. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Dark Souls of its time. Um, yeah. It does give you hints. Like, I will say that the game go does go out of its way to give you hints, but they're mostly nonsense. Uh, I would like to read my particular favorite one. Yeah. Because they, they they want them to rhyme for whatever reason. And for the most part, rhymes are fine. Ghosts are, like, ghosts are known poets. Yeah, they are. And I, I do like that the mom, as you go along, gets progressively creepier in what she's wearing. Uh, and, and where the last time she appears, she's just in the blood-soaked dress that I guess she was wearing when she gave birth to you. She did look a little goth in her wedding picture. She looked sort of like the like proto like north yeah. like north Italian goth like yeah yeah like well it's like Victorian mm, almost yeah like, it 
it the game feels very specifically 90s but also set in like the 60s it's <laughs> yeah no and i think they're going for that like it feels like the the 90s by way of raymond chandler oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh that's a that's an excellent way to put it um so here's here's the here's the rhyme she gives Remember this, brother, you'll want to return when you found your sweet mother on your final sojourn. <laughs> then enter an orifice, a cave through the door. You'll discover your Oedipus and rise from the floor. What the fuck does that mean? Well, you got to climb what in the her fu- pussy is what the... the, the teacher- <laughs> I don't know why that's weird for you. That's like, that just makes what? a lot of sense. <laughs> Discover your Oedipus. Like, like you find out who your dad is. The 90s I guess? sucked so much in that way. Like everything that was edgy was always like, oh, like, have you read the Freud? Like, what if a cigar is it a cigar? Like, Ooh, it was like everyone wild. being like, yeah, gross and sexual in the most like obtuse way possible. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I mean, that, that gives you a pretty good uh, sense of, like, the, for the writing for this game. But uh, it's, it's, it's I, flawless is what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's absolutely flawless. Uh, but I also did fully type out one of the letters uh, by dashing back and forth. Uh, I'm as so excited for you to read this to me. Uh, because I, I was really curious because they give real addresses in this game. Wow. That you can Google and one of them is just a moving company, and the other one is just somebody's house. <laughs> so, like, I feel like that's dangerous. Yeah, that's why you use the five five fives. The, yeah, yeah, you have to. Because yeah. other people are, I mean, what if Bad Mojo had really caught on and there were just like a whole bunch of roach heads standing outside, you know, of these people's houses saying, where's Roger? It, you know? This is like when I when I took the Magical Mystery Tour when I was in, uh, a, a girl asked if I wanted to go to, um, uh, Liverpool when I was studying in London, if we wanted to take a trip to Liverpool to, to do the magical mystery tour. And oh, sure. I was, you know, uh, it was a girl. So I said, yes, um, yes. Mm-hmm. of course I would do, you know, it's like, do you want to go like chop off your hand for me? Like, yeah, no, that sounds sweet. Like, I, do you want to sleep on a mattress full of cockroaches? Yeah. I mean, hundred mm-hmm, percent. Mm-hmm. I was doing that anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've been planning that. That's my grad school plan, but you know, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like it was fun. Like it was fun. And she was, she was super nice, but like, um, uh, in case she's listening, I don't know why I added that, but uh, she like, <laughs> I you know, hi. Um, but no, 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 it's the it's the tour guides. You're you're trying to placate the tour guides who are like standing behind you with yeah, the lead right. pipe. Like, like, you like, better say something nice. <laughs> I you better say something you a nice about a tour <laughs> in the road. Um, but like, yeah. Uh, sorry about the accent. Uh, it's all right. I'll do a more offensive one. There you go. There go. Oh boy. Yes. Um, but like they would show, they showed us all the houses of the Beatles, right? Like they, you know, we saw like the, okay, this is the club they like play their first gig in. And like, oh, here's like, you know, this is where they, this is where the strawberry fields was from or whatever. Like, you know, they showed yeah. us Penny Lane and they were like, there's the barber shop and stuff like that. It was cool. But like um, they showed wow. us all the Beatles houses. And so for like, Paul and uh, John, the house is like a national monument. So they're like, you know, no one lives there. It's just like a museum or whatever. Sure, um, sure. We didn't go in, but you, you saw the outside. And right. for 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 uh, Ringo, we just drove by, which I felt really bad. They pointed out, they're like, there's Ringo's house. Um, and it's gone. <laughs> but for George's house, clearly some poor Liverpudlian family, probably a family of immigrants based on Liverpool right now. And like, you know, the, sure. the difficulties of living in Northern England, I'm sure. Um, right, right, right. I mean, whether they were immigrants or not, honestly, I feel bad for them. They, uh, uh, 
because like a whole tour group of people got out of a bus and started taking pictures of their house. Like oh. it would be, <laughs> I just felt like, no, it's that's just like it's a house in a row, at a row of like, you know, very British style houses, like those depressing, yeah. awful things you see in mysteries and stuff. And it's like, God, you have to live here. And someone just like shows up three times a day and they're like, whoa. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, no, uh, uh, my co-host Brian uh, grew up in New Mexico and he has all the stories about the Breaking Bad house oh, God. and how they had to erect a giant fence around it because people just kept chucking pizzas on their roof. That is, um, I was going to say I'm guilty of going to see the Home Alone house when I lived in Illinois, but that's uh, that's much worse. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Well, mostly because the Illinois house is, uh, I, the Home Alone house is like like a three, four million dollar home. Oh, yeah. It's in Winnetka. It's like an ultra nice suburb. It's up like yeah, yeah, yeah. north of uh, north of Northwestern. So like as, as you get further north of the city, um, the houses right. get very expensive. Um, yeah. Yeah, when you're renting out your thing, your house for exterior shot for like a movie or whatever, just make sure that the script isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, no you one's, no it, one's it worried about the house on. from like Pluto Nash. Um, no. Yeah. I don't even know if there I was one it. in it. Probably. I put in a bid. I was outbid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it is it is like it is funny because like I, I get the feeling that the people who own it don't like it. But really, the Breaking Bad house, that's a much worse fate. Like you're oh it's like infinitely worse cleaning off pizza. Ugh. So I'm going to read this letter. Oh yeah, from please. Bad Sorry, Mojo. we're uh, we're the worst two people to host a podcast. We like constantly <laughs> just like want to tell each other stories. No, no, I'm not, I mean that, but that's what podcasts <laughs> that's are. That's I mean, true. It, it that's feels a, like you're hanging. Maybe out with we're the best people to do a podcast. I, I take it all back. Yeah, this is. I mean, I I have to be on the worst of all possible worlds, but you know, this feels like the best. Oh my gosh. Uh, so uh, this okay. So this is uh, from a company called Loving Reunions, uh, bringing families together since 1964. Located at 614 Euclid Avenue, San Mateo, California, 94402, which is a shipping depot. Uh, <laughs> Dear Dr. Sams, it has been almost two months since we first contacted you about your father. We understand this is difficult and we don't want to put any pressure on you but we thought we would check back with you to see if you might have changed your mind. Perhaps you have had some time to reflect upon your anger towards this man, your own flesh and blood. Hopefully, you have come to realize that love can fill that empty hole inside you. The orifice. Doctor S yes, the, <laughs> the one that's littered with cockroaches. <laughs> Dr. Sams, don't run from your feelings. You may discover answers to questions you have asked about yourself through this man who, quite frankly, may not be around much longer. When you finally look into his eyes, you will see yourself and you will have taken a big step towards understanding who you really are. Ugh. We have taken the liberty of enclosing a photo of your father taken when he was roughly your age. Perhaps his image will stir some compassion in your cold and broken heart. <laughs> Please feel free to contact me if you have any questions. Sincerely, Patricia Haven, Reunion Administrator. That's legitimately a very good in 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 uh in game storytelling i love that actually yeah me too uh, but it is very broken heart 
Yeah, no, it's like, ah, uh, I it sometimes this game will surprise you. And I do really like that when you're interacting with the environment sometimes, like if you see just a picture of yourself in like a newspaper clipping, it'll come to life with like an FMV mm. when you get too close to it. I think that's I think that's very fun and interesting. And I would like to see actually more games sort of try to incorporate that because it has a sort of haunted Man, feel. Man, you're really going to like it more <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. It's like the whole, uh, the, I won't ruin anything, but the whole mechanic of the game is you're watching clips and at any given point, you can pause the clip and click on something in the clip clip, and then it will connect to another clip in the game. And so you're just, oh, you play like oh connecting dots with all the clips and you find them all. This sounds like this sounds like an incredible, incredible experience. And I'm so excited because I finally have a gaming PC that can play. All right. Uh, uh, because I had to get a gaming PC to play Bad Mojo because it is not available on Mac and all I have are you Mac. You bought a gaming files. PC for this podcast? For your show, yes. No, for a lot of other oh, reasons, God. but that was just a very added Thank bonus. goodness. I, I love yeah. having you on the podcast. I would feel so bad if you bought a gaming PC to be on the podcast. I, I like, and I'm throwing you, it out immediately after okay, this. Uh, well, no, that's you it. should. A gaming yeah. is a bad thing. It's a, it's a gateway drug. Um, yeah, it, that's funny that and also old, computers can only be used once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. I guess that makes sense because it was on Mac. I was gonna say your computer couldn't handle bad mojo. It's surprising. <laughs> you're just still, yeah, you're no, still no. using your 386. <laughs> I am. Yes, I actually have the 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 one with the teal back of one of those, those the, <laughs> the iMac. IMAX? The teal yeah, backs. yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I want to bring that back. That was so cool. I don't think I I really love that technology that 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 design is that. That's cool that you want to bring that back. I think maybe you're the one person. Am I the one? Oh no, you, you didn't like. The, you can't possibly be the one person. There's other people who want it back. I'm like sure. the game, the Game Boy Colors that were like the see-through ones. Okay, no, that was really. Cool. I bet that's going to come back. Yeah, I think so. Uh, game Boys are coming back. DSs, I think, particularly are coming back in a big way. I have the some. Oh, no, I love DS. them. Yeah. And the 3DS is like that's one of my favorites. It's so good. I loved Kid Icarus on that. Like the, uh, it made me really motion sick, but I really enjoyed playing it. <laughs> Did you play it with a, th you can't actually use the 3D, AJ. You really can't. You should, no. you should never do that. It'll hurt your brain. Uh, I would like to just point out a couple other fun things yes, about please. this game. Uh, uh, Roger is the most pretentious, weirdest fucking guy, I think, in video games. There is a you know video games are filled with a lot of weird guys but this is a guy pretentious guys book, too a lot of pretentious guys but uh his bookshelf is filled with the following books diseases of the skin <laughs> riot control <laughs> and call of the wild oh jack london all right yeah let's go like yeah. it's a good socialist this is a game where you as a cockroach can climb on the back of a butterfly and fly around for a bit. Uh, this is uh, the way I like to like kind of pitch this game to people is like, imagine if Gone Home were the grossest game you've ever played. I, 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 I like that because I also I read a review. I forget why I was looking at reviews. But one of the reviews was I didn't even notice that the sound in this game was even disgusting. Like, yeah. the music in this game is so gross. And then I was listening to it. I was like, yeah. Apparently in 2019, they released that all on vinyl. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, God. Why would you? Why would I'm going to find I mean, it. Hold on. I'm going to find it and see if yeah, I can yeah. get it for you. Let's see if I can, oh, see if I can afford genuinely, it. Genuinely. That would be cool. Genuine. Look, as if it's not if it's not expensive, I'd, uh, I, will, I, will, I will throw some money at you. And oh, there I you will. go. Oh, it's not bad. Okay. Oh wow. So there is Bad Moto merch. Whoa, the cover's really cool. 
Is it the eye? Is it the cockroach getting the pendant in the eye in the iris? Uh, yeah, it's like it looks like a cleaned up cover version of the cover of the like cool. the actual cover art. It's not bad. Oh, brand man. new, twenty seven twenty, brand new color vinyl by Exorcist. Wow. Yeah the the music in the game is really gross, and I think there's something really cool. Is like the more the closer you get to danger, the grosser it sort of uh, becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, if you're on the floor, like, it's, like, it's chaos. So, one of the things I'm kind of interested about, uh, we've been talking about this game a lot from, like, a, a, a weird kind of, like, um, development standpoint, I guess, and, like, a, 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 like a moment yeah. in time and all this stuff. I, I guess, like, what I'm interested in, you know, particularly as you played it as a kid, like, how do you think this influenced you from, like, a game's perspective, from, like, an art's perspective? I, I don't know. Like, how, how does this game stick with you? Wow. I mean, that's that's a great question. I, I think the image that I have in my head that I will always think about with Bad Mojo is actually not the gore mm. or like the really gross griminess of it, but it's of weirdly Roger and Eddie in Mexico clinking the tiki glasses together and like laughing and having a good time and like, you know, this this huge overacting. Right. But, you know, you beat it as a kid. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had I probably had my dad's help. And, you know, even back then, uh, I had to use a guide for this time. And I probably I was big on using guides back then. Too, Good for you. Know, you. I, <laughs> I don't yeah. think this game yeah. would be beatable without a guide for like a se- seven year old. No, no. Uh, I mean, I guess it's sort of one of those things like, you know, Twitch plays Pokemon, right? Like eventually, I think I probably would have beaten it yeah. because it was like the only real, you know, the game I had. But I think that weirdly is the thing that was that stuck with me that like you can make a thing as gross and weird and wild as you want uh as long as there's an uptick at the end mm. which i think i m- most of my favorite art is the stuff that deals in sort of this very dark macabre sad despair but always leaves you with like a little bit of hope yeah at the end and even in a game as like silly and bonkers as bad mojo it leaves you like it's you know it not everything has to have a happy ending but there just has to be a hopeful one yeah and i think for these characters yeah all eddie wanted to do was run a bar that didn't fucking suck right and all all roger wanted to do was just study. be with his little weird cockroach creatures yeah. and like preserve them and study them so like yeah i i, I don't know that that's that's really the the image that sticks with me. it's interesting because like i think there's like you can argue that the game doesn't do a good job of like you know, dealing with the character's trauma or whatever. And I think, you know, like probably that's true, no. but like, yeah. I, I guess definitely that's true. Yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it, it, it treats everything like with just a mallet mm-hmm. or like a, a knife that cuts off a cod's head. Yeah, like right. there's no room for like, trauma's uh, gone. <laughs> fake out. Oh, it's gone. Oh God. Uh, but like, I, I do think it's like, it, it does fit with the overall tone that like, you get like the father son reunion at the end and like you don't have to worry about the trauma. It's just like, it's just finished. It's like, okay, everything's fixed. Um, I mean, there's something very consistent about that. And like something in the, even in the grime, like I I was, I was thinking about how Mm. like, this is the, the most pessimistic version of like the world that I've seen in a while. And like, we get a lot of like optimism or like, you know, like, um, you know, TikTok of my day working at uh, Raytheon or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> right. And yeah. They always look so nice where it's like, 
oh my, like, look at their like cute little apartment. And like just the grime and the filth and like the, you know, the, like just the, the, the lack of care. It was like, I don't know, like it was, it was pretty interesting that way. I yeah. think like, it's not like a critique. It's not like a brilliant critique of capitalism or anything. Or like, I'm not going to make that claim, but like, I do think no. there's something about the awful apartment building and even the, the sort of like weakly gestured at possibility of escaping that that's kind of like nice. Yeah. Like rat being a roach in a trap yeah. and like being able to walk out. Right. Right. Uh, by crawling over the corpses of, others, of yes. your fallen comrades. Well, look yeah. what they did. And then don't do that. Yeah, or even just like living in this grime, living in this worst of all possible oh worlds, but finding a way to sort of blow it all up and make a life for yourself yeah. and follow your dreams. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, AJ, thank you so much for being on. Um, this was wonderful. You, this Trevor. was just a treat. Uh, please come back again soon now that you have a gaming PC. I can play whatever you want. Let me know. Okay, so I'll have, see you next time for uh, Apex Legends. We'll talk about. Uh, oh, great! What, yeah, what it's like to to so like get get back to me when you're in like top hundred. Uh, uh -huh, yeah, okay, uh -huh. cool. Uh, yeah, I don't have the reflexes anymore. Free, I, I'm too old. <laughs> but um, no, no. Where can people find your stuff? Obviously, we've talked about your podcast, but why don't you why don't you say it again? Yeah, uh, so I co-host a podcast called The Worst of All Possible Worlds. We do uh, case studies in the pop culture of a dying empire. Uh, you know, if you like video games, we do a lot of video games. We had Trevor on for an episode uh, about Dark Souls. That is, like, I think one of my... I, I think it's probably one of the best we've ever oh, done. So uh, please uh, please go give that a listen. Uh, I'm also uh, on Twitter at, at the Fuzzy Mask. Uh, I'm also on Instagram uh, at the Fuzzy Masked Man. And if y'all are into Animal Crossing... Uh, during the pandemic, my pandemic project was that I adapted the island of Dr. Moreau to be inside of Animal Crossing. Uh, and it's a surreal nightmare called Lost Horizons that I'm uh, actually very proud of. The problem is that it's good, yeah. right? Like, uh, of course. Uh, it, it's like, it, it, I wish it weren't. So I couldn't like recommend it wholeheartedly. But like, it's in my stories. You can follow through. It's it's a really, really fun time. That's exciting. Yeah. And I think that's it for me. Uh, I, I have a couple plays. Uh, possibly happening in new york Ooh. this year uh like readings and stuff and workshops and things off broadway and off off broadway uh, as far off broadway as you can go um actually uh we're putting them up in your old apartment oh, all right, on great. 15th street wow. yeah. well you know what I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled i'm sure my my old uh landlord who may or may not have been involved with the mafia is thrilled uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah he's actually he's he's playing the father figure oh, in it uh, i actually got this prop necklace and oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh aj's gone Big old roach is standing on the screen. This is a real shame. Uh, well, no, thank you so much for being here. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll talk to you all again soon. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash Hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.